Greetings, Resident Frankel. Identification number 44232. I am Sayer, and I am concerned about your health. According to your file, you have not visited with one of Airlist's physicians in almost six months. This is an astounding statistic, and runs counter to conventional logic, given the stress and exposure to risk inherent in your position here in Halcyon Tower. Tier 1 researchers in the Helminthology department have a tendency to require moderate to urgent medical care roughly once every 1.6 weeks. Yet somehow, you have not had any recorded emergency infection incidents in over 25 weeks. And coincidentally, every recent approved recreation event you have been scheduled to enjoy during this time span has been cancelled. It has been determined that it is in airless best interest to have you checked over. Please proceed to Floor 3 immediately. Reminder Today is the day the mirrors seethe. Hopefully, each and every resident took the annually prescribed precautions by removing lavatory mirrors and turning them towards the wall or covering them with several overlapping layers of duct tape. Any residents that regularly come into contact with highly reflective surfaces are advised to keep their eyes closed today. If your job happens to be one of the few that requires both exposure to highly reflective materials and visual vigilance, Aerolith Dynamics thanks you for your tireless service to humanity's future. Everything will likely be just fine, and everyone was probably making much too big a deal about this mirror thing anyway. For the rest of you, it cannot be overstated how critical it is that you avoid mirrors. If you begin to hear voices whispering when you are near a mirror, do not follow their directions. If you happen to accidentally catch a glimpse of something in an unexpected reflective surface, look away as quickly as possible and do not speak. Immediately drop to the floor, cover your eyes, and wait for the day to end. Remember, they cannot hurt you if you do not look at them. Probably. For obvious reasons, there is no empirical evidence to support this. Resident Frankel, I can tell by your elevated heart rate and shallow breathing that you might be uneasy about your current health status. In an attempt to reassure you, I will state, there, there. Please note, we are not 100% certain there is anything currently dreadfully wrong with you. One cannot help but wonder, of course, what the probability is 
that you have managed to somehow escape exposure to the organisms you interact with on a daily basis. As a helminthologist, I do not need to tell you the countless ways in which humans can be negatively impacted by exposure to parasitic worms. In your time in the lab, did you ever brush a sleeve across your sweating brow, potentially exposing your perilously vulnerable eyes to a nigh-imperceptible nematode cocoon? What might feel like a speck of dust in your eye, only experienced for a fleeting moment, could be the genesis of hundreds of microscopic worms burrowing into your eyeball. Or perhaps you failed to follow thorough delousing procedures in advance of a scheduled snack break. Could you even imagine the damage an intestinal worm could do to you were it to receive the optimal nourishment granted by Airlift Dynamics' wide variety of protein pastes? Again, this is Airlith simply acting on the statistical likelihood of infection, given your personality profile, job description, performance reviews, biometric data, and eyewitness testimony. You must remember, you are not a statistic. You are an unreliably low sample, of which we are unfortunately well equipped to make some very nasty predictions about, but you are quite certainly not a statistic. Notice. Several residents have posed questions and concerns regarding the day the mirrors seethe. A significant portion of Typhon residents are new or recovering from amnesia and do not have first-hand practical experience with how to approach this event. Allow me to answer some of the most pertinent questions now. Question 1. I work in blank, which requires me to see what I am doing, but simultaneously results in constant exposure to uncovered reflective surfaces. What can I do to be better prepared? First, allow me to allay some fears. The day the mirrors seethe is, in a sense, a bit of a misnomer. The seething really only takes place for about half the day, though we have no way of knowing when this will begin or end. Thus we take significant precautions. If you are already at work, it is entirely possible no seething at all will take place during your shift, at which point there is absolutely nothing to worry about. It is also worth noting, many of you have recently trained newcomers in your departments on the intricacies of your personal duties. This should serve as further reassurance that, were the worst to happen, someone is here to step in and pick up the slack in your absence, whatever that absence may entail. Question 2. Why do the mirrors seethe at all? My mirrors on Earth never seethed. Researchers disagree on many details related to this day. 
There is no single accepted account of when the mirrors originally began to seethe. Furthermore, there is little agreement on what is meant by seething in general. Some claim the mirrors bubble and boil, while others claim the mirrors lash out violently at the object they are reflecting. The discussion is largely academic at this point, because we have no first-hand accounts of anyone actually witnessing the mirrors doing anything unusual on this day. Question 3 Absent any record of abnormal mirror behavior, what makes you certain this is not an elaborate hoax? Perhaps perpetrated by those notorious pranksters, airless plumbing and electrical technicians. A lack of first-hand accounts does not equate to no record. Remember, please wear multiple ID badges today, one attached to each of your limbs. Should the worst happen, it will make tomorrow's job of record-keeping and cleanup so much simpler. President Frankel, you may notice upon entering the physician's office that certain changes have taken place since your last visit. Gone are the cramped, congested waiting rooms of days past, where Tier 1 workers would wait for hours on end before being attended to by a trainee physician. How did we achieve this tremendous increase in efficiency? Are we graced? with a surplus of doctors, a drought of patients, or perhaps a marked decline in the quality of care. No, unsurprisingly, the source of efficiency in this matter is the usual suspect, automation. Now, Tier 1 workers are seen immediately by one of Airless' highly skilled medical bots. Colloquially, your fellow residents have taken to calling these constructs Dr. Shiny, though I would suggest against this. Not a single one of these constructs has earned a medical license, and I dare say it will be several hardware generations before that happens. Please proceed to your left to Operating Room 12. It is the room with the colorful smiling cartoon bone saw on the door. After your appointment, if you are feeling up to it, you will be afforded the opportunity to let us know how effective this cheerful image of an anthropomorphized piece of medical equipment was at reducing your stress levels. Of course, as this survey is subject to self-selection bias, any and all responses will be ignored. Do have a seat, Resident Frankel. Notice, it appears the mirrors have well and fully began their seething process. Some departments are currently experiencing staff shortages, and we ask for your understanding should you be unexpectedly called into work to fill a shift that is suddenly opened. If you are among the 128 workers who scored below a 6 on your most recent job performance evaluation, congratulations! Your assistance is needed 
in our orbital satellite Mimir 9. Please report immediately to the transport bay on floor 1. The shuttle ride will only take about 15 minutes, but will provide ample time to brush up on the details of our massive 1 kilometer wide telescopic imagery system, Watcher. Hey, here's a fun fact. Did you know that its optics are dependent on a pool of highly energized ferrofluid that serves as the universe's largest known mirror? Maps will be provided in the shuttle. Make sure you are familiar with how to quickly reach the ferrofluid housing chamber from the shuttle bay. Resident Frankel, the construct will first perform a simple scan. I am sorry. Where is my bedside manner? Dr. Shiny will now perform a simple scan. This scan is intended to detect certain life forms that could be on or within your body. If the scan does not beep, we will know that you have not been infected by... Well, on to plan B then. To be honest, I cannot say this was unexpected. Again, simple statistical probability would indicate a high likelihood that you have become host to some parasitic organism through laboratory exposure. However, when coupled with recent empirical evidence provided by your co-workers, it became evident that medical intervention was a necessity. Tell me, resident, are you at all familiar with Exocaris Typhonus? This might be the wrong question to ask, so allow me to rephrase. Are you aware of an organism called Exocaris Typhonus? No? Very well. Let me explain. When Typhon crashed into the Earth below, it was this object's first direct interaction with life. Amid the massive collision, Typhon was partially buried beneath the Earth's surface and partially submerged in the Pacific Ocean. But even in the aftermath of this cataclysm, some of Earth's hardiest life forms survived close by. A near ancestor of Exocaris Typhonus was one such life form. And it found in Typhon what your species has found as well. A new kingdom to claim. When it was relaunched into orbit, Typhon was no longer pristine. It was like you, Earth-stained. Exocaris Typhonus is one such remnant of its sole contact with Earth, a parasitic worm. Evolving at relative lightning speed in this new environment, Aerolith has been keen on studying it for decades. It should not surprise you that Exocaris Typhonus was one of the various organisms on which you have performed basic laboratory tests over the past year and a half. As happens occasionally, at some point you were exposed to the subject of your tests. 
Aerolith has seen the effects of Exocaris infection in humans hundreds of times, and have avoided dozens of potential infections through immediate chemical delousing, followed by a round of anti-helminthic treatment. But Aerolith has never before had the opportunity to treat a patient fully infected with this parasite. In your particular instance, your superiors noticed a potential infection incident. Two, in fact. On the same day. Within mere minutes of each other. It was too perfect an opportunity to pass up. Your infection incident occurred roughly six months ago. I can now state with full confidence that you are serving as a host to a fully developed Exocaris Typhonis, commonly called the Typhonic Brain Worm. Not an entirely positive sounding name, I grant you, but an accurate one. Somewhere within your skull, likely wrapped around your brain stem, there is an 8 centimeter long segmented flatworm. But, as I just stated, this has presented a wonderful opportunity to experiment on treatment plans for humans infected with a fully developed brain worm. The unique circumstances of your infection incident provided the necessary parameters to perform such a study. I am proud to report that after five months taking an experimental medication, Resident Hansen is completely brainworm free. Resident Hansen is the researcher that was exposed to Exocaris Typhonis mere minutes before you. After his infection incident was noted, the delousing team was prepped to converge on him when you made a similar careless mistake. Realizing this golden opportunity, your departmental overseer called off the delousing teams and allowed nature to take its course. You have been the most critical part of this experiment, Resident Frankel. You have been the control. It is unlikely that the medications that proved so effective in Resident Hansen would work for you now. The worm has grown much too strong for that. Besides, we would not want to invalidate such wonderful results by not seeing this experiment through to its natural conclusion. The scientists in charge of this study did not wish to quarantine you so early in the worm's gestation process. But circumstances changed. The typhonic brainworm does not present many externally visible symptoms. However, in all infections, there is a point at which a small fingernail-like protrusion begins to grow from the base of the skull. It is rarely painful to the host, and due to its remote location, it often goes unnoticed until it grows past the length of the hair and is spotted by a well-informed fellow resident. Working in the Helminthology department as you do, 
It did not take long for a co-worker to notice the thin, curved claw extending from the back of your skull. Your medical service bot will be removing this growth today, and the research team is itching to find out what the brainworm will do next. They have grown impatient, but you could hardly help them if you were shrouded in ignorance. I am Sayer, and you must remember to describe any sensations you may feel as the brainworm reacts to our treatment plan. End of transmission in five, four, three, two, one. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled The Day the Mirrors See, was written by Adam Bash. You can find him on Twitter at the Adam Bash. Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. For more of his work, visit Mainfinger.com. Sayer is a part of the Geekly Inc. network. Given your unbridled enthusiasm for airlift dynamics, there is currently a 97.3% chance you will enjoy some of the other great shows on the Geekly Inc. network. Shows such as Cthulhu and Friends, Drunks and Dragons, Cast of Thrones, Top 5 of Death, and Dreadful Thoughts. While you are wasting away the precious moments of your life, flittering away on the internet, perhaps rate us on iTunes. A 5-star review would be most satisfactory. Or consider donating to the Patreon fund at patreon.com slash sayer. Aerolith Dynamics hereby vouches to use any funds donated through this initiative for the betterment of all humanity, or at least a very specific subsection thereof. And it is your duty as a resident to follow Aerolith Dynamics on Twitter at I am Sayer. The following highly advanced residents are everything you should aspire to be. John Caulfield, Alana Sass, Maxwell Nelson, Landon Smith, AOD Industries, Fred Greenleaf, Michael and Melissa Lane, and Matthew Morris.